if you weren't here last week, last week I spoke about what is the why of why we're here. What is the vision that God has? And we went back to page one of the Bible. And then what is the story through Scripture? What does Jesus do? What's his vision? And then what is the church's vision? What's our vision? Uh, And I used the wording or the language that we see. God is continually creating space or environments where people walk closely with him. I used the strap line that he's creating environments where people encounter God. God did that on the first page and then all the way through most of the Old Testament. Jesus does that in the New Testament. He does it through his words and his actions and his teaching and the way he loves people and the way he welcomes them. He's laying tables and having meals and feasts and other occasions where he's creating a space where people encounter him. And then Jesus asks his followers to do the same. Last week I spoke about the precious of humanity, that all people are made in the image of God and they all count. And we have to have something of that heartbeat that God has for people in understanding this is important, this is really important. And I said, over the next few weeks in September, we're going to talk about values. What does this mean and look like? For those of you that kind of like diagrams, we started big picture and it's about to get narrower and sharper with a number of actions and takeaways and things that you can do and get involved in. So that's where we're going over the next few weeks. And today, I want to talk about values. And values are one of those things that they're hard to see, but you notice them when they're not there. I've made comment that we've moved into a new house four weeks ago, and there are lots of things that need to be arranged. There's Lots of bills and phone calls that need to be made. And I have spent far too much time on hold music, trying to set up services with electrical companies and all these other services that that are needed. And there's a reoccurring common trend that keeps happening with some of these phone calls. And it's this. We're sorry for the delay. Uh, your, Your call is important to us. Some of these times... Uh, On my phone, I'm looking at the amount of time I've been listening to what sounds like elevator music. uh, And it's like 40 minutes. And they're like, your call is important to us. This is where I'm going with values. When somebody says something, but their actions say something else, I'm thinking, really? Is it really important? Because if it was really important, then there would be a better system or more stuff, right? Values are important. Values are one of those things that they're hard to define, but you notice them. Some quick examples. Um, If you go to the supermarket Audi, they value price. They throw the groceries at you as quick as possible, but they value price. If you go to another supermarket in my town, Roach Brothers, they value service. They're friendly. They're greeting someone's packing the bags. You pay more for it. It's a very different vibe. It's a different value. I knew somebody who uh, interviewed to work at Disney. And we visited Disney in 2015. It was a, it was a gift. We took the girls. They were, they were quite young. They were so young that Esther slept through this epic firework display. And then everyone says, what did you think of the fireworks? And she Slept through the whole lot. Um, Disney have a cultural value. I know this from someone who, who interviewed and did some of their training. 
where their value is that they will be the happiest place on earth. Now, they don't necessarily say that, and for some of you, you may not have heard that before, but this is a value that they have. So while they train their staff on the functionality of being able to do the task, it's the value that you have to create a happy space around you and everything that you see and do and how you say things. If that isn't the case, uh, it's, you're out. Values are important. Let me tell you a story. I read this this morning. Um, here's a photo of a captain on a plane for Finn Air in Sweden. I think we're going to put this on the screen if we can. They're just adjusting this now. So this is a captain holding a, a cute baby. Who doesn't like a picture of someone carrying a baby? The story behind this, this was a plane this week where a single mother was traveling with a number of kids. She got on the plane and they realized that they didn't have sufficient number of adults to children and you can only have them in the bassinet when the seatbelt sign isn't turned on and they needed somebody else to assist. There was a second captain on the plane so one of the captains volunteered, sat next to the single mum and held the baby. Cute story. It's not necessarily in the training manual, but it changes the way you feel. This is what values do. Another true story. In the town I live in, there's a pizza shop that does okay pizza. Most people in the town have told me it's not the best, and there's another place that's slightly better. Last March, when the COVID pandemic began, they put a sign in their window that said, if you are out of work or if you are elderly and, and not got much food in your fridge, let us know we will give you free pizza. It is a value. My reaction to that as somebody that lives in the town is I now won't buy pizza from anywhere else because I love that value. This is where values are really important. Their product may be inferior to someone else's, but there's something of the value that makes me say, I want that business to succeed. So values are important. So some examples. Now, what, are, what does God value and what do we value? There are many things that God values and we see them in Scripture. Uh, I've cooked them down to some simple ones that we can expand more. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at these. I'm not going to do their messages for them, but next week Tommy is going to talk about what it means to grow. John made these for us a couple of years ago, and they're in my office, but as signs, they, they just exist. I want to expand them some more. So what does it mean to grow? The Christian faith isn't something that you can do and then you've done it. There is no one who's mastered it, who's perfected it. We're all working it out. The New Testament talk about people who are working out their salvation or those who are being saved. And the word used for the people that follow Jesus is disciple, which means a learner or an apprentice. We are all meant to be growing. That is a value that we hold dear. Tommy's going to be speaking on this next week. The week after, we have Amanda speaking on care. What does it mean as a value to care. This is something as a church we hold dear. Care isn't something that one or two people do over here and no one else does. It's something that we all need to own. 
It's a value that as a church, we want to be a caring community where we notice, where there isn't a, this person didn't call me, therefore the church doesn't care. No, we are the church, and care is important. And today, I'm going to speak on the value of invitation. What does this mean? I want to expand and unpack the idea that this is a biblical value invitation. What does that mean? What does that look like? Let me give you some examples. This week, I was invited, invitation, to attend a Meet the Teacher Zoom. So many Zooms. Uh, This week, we found a letter in a box, and they're not here. Jason's over there, Jason Tate. This is a cute letter from an eight-year-old dated in the summer of 2018, where a Charlotte Tate wrote a letter to Esther that said, Hello, my name is Charlotte. I'm eight years old. I live in Brockton. I'm so excited to hear that you are moving to America and will be going to my church. I can't wait to meet you. I would like to, I like to draw and make crafts. I wondered if you'd like to be my pen pal. It's an invitation. Nicer than the school Zoom. So many Zooms. Last month, I was invited to be part of a search committee to help appoint a member of staff to the family of churches that we're involved in. There's a district role, and I'm part of this team that's going to help the, the search process, and I was invited to be part of that. Invitations are all around us. They happen all the time. They're simple. They're everywhere. And every relationship begins with an invitation. You're here today because somebody invited you. If you're married at some point, there was an invitation to be married. Every relationship, friendship, marriage, membership of some kind or another begins with some sense of invitation. We see that. And it's a biblical idea. In the Old Testament, God reaches out to people and he says, I want to be your God and I want you to be my people. It is an invitation. Jesus gave invitations everywhere he went. And they were invitations to answer questions. How do you read it? What's your understanding? Or to somebody who was unwell, he said, do you want to be healed? It was an invitation to make a choice. Jesus said, who do people say I am? It was another inquiry. It was another invitation for someone to respond and to add their ideas Jesus said, and it was a beautiful invitation, he said, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. It is an invitation. Jesus was always inviting people to move from where they were to where they could be. He never forced anyone, but he frequently invited people to move. So invitation is this biblical idea that God invites us to be in a better place. The ultimate invitation, God invites us through his son Jesus to be in relationship with God and to know him. The ultimate, most important decision to any invitation is Jesus in saying, I want you to be in relationship with the Father and through the cross it's possible. It is an invitation. So what does that look like for us? 
Now, I am aware for some of you that have been in the church, you might be thinking, this sounds like evangelism. And it kind of is, but it's bigger than just evangelism. Evangelism is a biblical word. It is the, the idea that we are telling people who don't know Jesus about Jesus. Now, the word evangelism does different things to some people. For some people, it's exciting. For other people, they're like, oh, wait a minute. I don't know about this. For some people, the, the knuckles turn white. Some people are like, this is not for me. Some people have read the Bible enough to be able to say, I'm not an evangelist. The person over there is. Here's the problem with that idea. While the gift of the evangelist is given to the church to inspire and to encourage the church, it is not that that person does it in the same way that the pastoral model isn't that one person cares and nobody else does. This is a we thing, not a me thing. Jesus invited everyone to respond. And Jesus ends his time on earth with his disciples and his followers saying, I want you all to go and to make disciples, which basically is to give invitations. You've received freely, freely give them. This is not just for the evangelist. It is true. There are some people for which this will be easier and more often. But for all of us, there is this go and give invitations where people can respond for prayer or to meet Jesus for the first time. I want to look at that and I want to give some simple ideas and I want to unpack it in terms of how we can do that. As a church, this value of invitation, while I'm holding the board up, and some of you probably haven't seen this before, some of you saw it a year and a half ago, and a lot's happened in the last year and a half, I want to show you where actually this happens. We frequently, as a value, invite people to respond for prayer. Most weeks, it's an invitation. The host, Tommy, at the began began our time this morning where he's inviting us to pray and he's inviting us to worship. It's an invitation. Quite often, I will invite people to respond to meet Jesus for the first time or for some people they knew Jesus and they've strayed. It's an invitation. This is a value that we see modeled in all of Scripture, especially Jesus, and it's for us. So some of it's there. Some of it's happening. Sometimes it's more obvious than others, but it's there. I want to give you two ideas because I want to help with some ideas in terms of how do we do this? How do we make this happen? And the first one is a course that I've had some involvement in. It's a course that originated in London about 30 years ago. It's called the Alpha Course. And it's a course that began there and has gone all the way around the world. It's equipped and supported churches, especially churches where there's people perhaps like you or me, that would say, I know I should do this, but it's quite hard. And it's a simple course where we can invite friends, neighbors, colleagues, people that we know to ask questions about the Christian faith. It isn't something that's forced on them or you must think like this or you're in trouble. It's a number of sessions. The full course is quite long. We've kind of edited it down to include some of the key content. And we're going to be running this over the month of October. I'm going to show you a two-minute trailer introduction video now, and I'll tell you some of the details. Every day we ask so many questions 
What should I wear? What's the weather going to be like? How am I going to fit everything in? But then there are those bigger questions. Like, why am I here? Where am I heading? Is there more to life than this? arrived at an answer to the most important issue that we humans ever deal with, is there a God? And I had arrived there without ever really looking at the evidence. And I was supposed to be a scientist. At 28, on the cover of magazines, I had a Beamer, and I was so unhappy. It was a realization maybe that I would, I would never find happiness where I was looking for it. I think for so many years, you know, I always just strived to be strong in myself. All I needed was me and my buddies and, you know, would be like invincible. But the truth is, none of us are. I found purpose, I found meaning, I found hope. God took something so broken and made it a beautiful art piece. Alpha is a place where you can be yourself. You can say what you think and challenge everything. No, no question is too complex or too simple. And what your point of view is, is as important as anyone else's. We are going on a journey together, an adventure to explore the questions of life, faith, and meaning. Okay, some of you may be familiar with this course, some of you is completely new. Give it a try. We're going to be running this on a Wednesday evening over six Wednesdays at the Tutti's Restaurant on Belmont Street on Brockton, half past six. Come along, bring somebody along. Somebody that you've had some conversations with. It may be a short time, it may be over a long time. Uh, it's going to be a meal, we're going to watch a short talk, we're going to sit around a table and talk about it. It's a great opportunity to explore some of the questions. Uh, it's got quite a nice international feel to it. The food will be good. It'll be a fun evening. Every Wednesday, beginning in October for six weeks, please pray about who you could bring along. This is an easy invitation that we want to encourage everyone to, to be involved in. We're going to run this a number of times. This is the first one. We've got about 40 spaces and the booking information is going to be coming out. But the idea of this is we want to give people an, an invitation to explore faith and maybe meet Jesus. That's the Alpha course. That's coming up. The other idea, and I'm going to get practical. Julie's going to pass these around. I'd like you all to have a look at what I'm putting in your hand now. In 
In fact, I wonder if it would help. Scott, could you help Julian take this side? Thanks. Scott, there's more here. Thank you. Now we're going to get practical in terms of many of us know that we should give invitations and talk to people about Jesus, but many of us find it quite hard. If I ask the question, how would you describe the gospel? It may be that we would have a variety of different answers. And because of that, it makes something feel complicated or hard. Or, or maybe we feel, oh, I can't do that again. There's an evangelist person over there that can do it. I want to help you with this. So I've produced some cards that simply say some good news. And I want to give you all one and explain this. If you are one of these people who, who think, well, I kind of understand the good news, or I kind of understand the gospel, but I'm not very good at talking about it to others, I want to make this very practical. So this is idea number two, something that's small enough to fit in your purse or your wallet that will help you to be able to explain and unpack what the gospel is. And we're going to walk through this side. Predominantly, I'll explain the other side, and we're going to have some Bible passages on the screen. So what is the good news? Let me begin firstly before you look at this card in any detail by saying what the good news is not. Have you ever played the game Monopoly? It was a game that we used to play at Christmas and then we noticed the trend of Christmas arguments around Monopoly. So we shifted away from playing Monopoly. But in Monopoly, there is this get out of jail free card. And it says that you can keep it or you can trade it. But it's a simple card that says get out of jail free. This is what the gospel is not. The gospel is not a keep out, get out of jail free card. And sometimes the good news of Jesus has been communicated in such a way where it sounds like a, if you pray this prayer, when you die, you'll be all good. That's it. And you can just slide it underneath the board and live the life that you are normally living. That's not the gospel. Other times the gospel has been explained as very bad news with a back door. Which is quite strange because Jesus walks onto the scene and introduces good news. So for his followers later on to have that same message but walk onto the scene and introduce bad news feels a little bit like we've misread something. I want to unpack what the good news is in a way where you can easily understand it and frequently give invitations to others. So that's what this is. So let's just go through these Seven bullet points on one side of the Bible passages. This is going to be quite practical because I don't want this just to be a you sat and you listened. I want us to be participators in what God is doing. And the value of invitation is important for all of us. So the first bullet point, the first comment. And in many ways, this is something that you can learn or this is a conversation in itself. This is the first bullet point. And I've used these without necessarily reading it. In conversations. And the first bullet point is you are made in God's image for relationship. I've said that to people before, and it's absolutely stunned them. They don't know that. They don't expect that. They look in the mirror, and that's not what they think. You are made in God's image for relationship. This is where good news begins. This is the beginning of the Bible, that God loves people. And he made them in his image. That's the first 
statement of the good news, the gospel, that God loves you, he sees you, he likes what he sees. The passage for that is Genesis 1, verse 27. It's on the card. The second statement, God has a plan for you and it's a good one. For many people, that's a shock as well. For many people, they thought that this is something they just need to believe in. No, no, no. God has a plan for your life, and it's a good plan. Jesus said this in John 10. I've come that you would have life and life to the full. Jesus is talking about the present sense, not just the next life. God has a plan for you, and it's a good one. We need a gospel message that tells that to people. It's good news. This next bullet point is really important. Jesus is the way. In a world where there are so many religions and beliefs and ideas and even expressions of Christianity, sometimes we can get quite fuzzy. And sometimes the story gets too vague. We need to have the confidence to say, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the door. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the way to the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, Jesus said. That's John 14, verse 6. This next one, 1 Peter. This is important. We mess up. This is what the passage says. For Christ suffered once for sins, the righteousness for the unrighteous. To bring you to God, he was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Jesus paid the price for us. The word sin feels a little bit old-fashioned now. In previous decades, it was a frequently known word. Now, it sounds like a chocolate cake when you're meant to be on a diet and you're allowed two sins a week. Sounds great. Sounds like fun. But the, while the idea, while the word may be a little bit dated now, the idea... I don't know anyone that would argue that they've never messed up, that they've never got it wrong. They've never done something and wish they hadn't done it or said something and wish they could swallow those words back. We've, we've all messed up. We've all fallen way short of the mark. And Jesus, in his graciousness and in his generosity and in his sacrifice, wants to pay our bill. We mess up, Jesus cleans up. The great exchange. Matthew 7, this next bullet point of what the gospel is. Look for him, you will find him. For some people, they say, I don't believe in God. Well, if you look for him, you may find him. Jesus even said, seek and you will find, which could be said the other way. If you don't look, you won't find. Which is why we're doing this Alpha course. Come and see. Come and ask some questions. Who knows? You've got nothing to lose and it's a good dinner. And then this one's important. In the same way Jesus said, I've come that you would have life, life to the full. Let's look at John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place. My father's house has many rooms. If they were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus is saying... This life will end, but it's not the end of the story. In the same way that Jesus wants us to have life and life to the full, 
He wants to remove the fear of death because it isn't the end of the story. And salvation that is found in Jesus leads us into an eternity that is good, that is very good. And then this last passage, 2 Corinthians. Let's look at this one. Let's put this on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. This story, this gospel is a new beginning and it starts now. This is not the get out of jail free. I'll live the life I want to live when I die. I've got this ticket to heaven. This is a new creation and a new beginning which we need now. So these cards, these seven bullet points, I want you to have them. I want you to use them. I don't want you just to have them and let them get kind of crinkled up. I want you to pray about them. I would like to encourage you to become confident in understanding how you can have conversations with someone. And these are very simple bullet points where you can say, hey, do you know that God loves you? Do you know he has a plan for you? Do you know that it's a good plan? Do you know that you've messed up? Is there any times when you've done something you wish you hadn't? No one's going to tell you no. No one's going to do that. Do you know that Jesus wants to make a way to change that, to leave that in the past? And this is not just the ticket to heaven, but this is something that changes this moment now. I said to somebody once, would you believe in Jesus if you met them? And they said, how can I meet someone? I said, well, let's pray. How do we have simple conversations where we say, Jesus, I want to meet you. This is new creation, new moments, new beginnings. I met one person once, and I had the conversation, and they said, I can't believe in somebody that you can't prove exists. And when I said that, I thought, oh, that feels like checkmate. I'm done. Uh, I wasn't too clever to come up with an answer, but I prayed, and I felt God give me an answer. And I said to this person, um, how long have we been talking? He said, 20 minutes. I said, and we'd never met before. I was actually at a coffee shop. It was a long line. I was talking to someone. And he said, no, we've never met before. And we've been talking for 20 minutes. He said, yes. I said, did I exist 30 minutes ago? This person looks puzzled. I said, just go with me on this. Did I exist 30 minutes ago? He said, yes. I said, are you sure? He said, yes, I'm sure that you existed 30 minutes ago. I said, but you only met me 20 minutes ago. He said, yeah. I said, but you are convinced that I existed before you met me. He said, oh, I see where you're going with this. For many of us, we need that moment where we meet Jesus and then the light goes on. But I want to encourage you not to tell people bad news that they're in trouble and they need to do this or this is going to happen, but to tell them good news, to tell them that God loves them, to give easy and often invitations of which the ultimate invitation is to respond to the good news. If you find yourself in a conversation and someone says, hey, I'm, I'm interested in this, on the back there is a very simple prayer. It's a prayer that says, I'm sorry I messed up. I want to meet you. Change me. This is as simple as we could cook it down into seven bullet points in a card that can fit in most people's purses or wallets. Uh, And at the back, 
I'm going to have a stack of these. I would like to encourage you to take some. Some of you will go, I want to take a wad. I'm going to speak to everyone I know. Some of you are like, I'll take one more. I don't mind. But I want to encourage you that invitation is, is, a, is the heart of the Father. And therefore, it needs to be the heartbeat of the church. So there are two ideas around these values. The Alpha course where you can invite someone along or these cards that hopefully will help you in your conversations and in your prayers. Try them. Give us some feedback. We want to be frequent in our invitations because every relationship begins with an invitation. And all of us are here because somebody invited us. And those of us that know and love Jesus can say that we do. Because somebody invited us to, and we responded to that. So this is a value that we hold dear. This is a value that we want to encourage us all to do. And we want to make it where we can learn together. This is one of those tools. It's not magic. It's not sacred. It's a tool to equip and to help. Make it your own. Adjust the language by all means in the conversations you find yourself in. But let's be people who frequently give invitations because freely we've received so let's freely give i want to pray i want to pray and i want to ask you to add your imagination to the prayer Uh, and the imagination is this we all know different people we're all in different places of work and family and life situation and season we all know people who don't know Jesus. I want to ask you to consider some people. I want maybe to ask God give you some names. Give you some names of people. I want to encourage you to not put up fences that you're building yourself as to why that person isn't the person you should be praying for. Because most of the people in the Bible, the Apostle Paul being a perfect example, were so far from God that none of us would have put his name on our list. Don't build fences. God can reach anyone. Who are the people that you can give invitations to? And it may be an invitation to listen or to talk. It may be an invitation to pray. It may be an invitation to respond to the good news of Jesus. Father, give us names. Give us ideas. Lord, I pray for this Alpha course that's coming up. It's going to begin in October. Lord, give us names. Give us ideas. Lord, for some of us, it may be that there's one person and we're going to talk with them and share this trailer with them. For some of us, we might ask 10 people aware that eight of them will say no, and that's okay too. Lord, give us ideas. Give us names. Lord, thank you for the generous invitation that you gave us. Lord, forgive us for the times when we've kept it to ourselves. Help us, I pray, as we have freely received to freely give. Amen. 
So we're going to end differently. I want you to think on those names. I'm going to put these cards at the back by the offering box for those of you that, that give cash or checks. That's where the box is, and I'll put these next to them. We're not selling them. You can take them for free. You don't have to put money in the tub. Um, think about the Alpha course. Think about these cards. Think about what you can do. And then lastly, I'll end with an invitation. Again, on September the 19th, if you're kind of new, come and have lunch and join us. Other than that, have a great week.